Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Be Gone, and I'm really excited to talk to you today. First thing I want to do is say that I am so grateful at all for all the emails and phone calls and support that all of the ladies have been giving me and I appreciate it and I love hearing your messages and I love hearing how you're more organized and I love hearing how you're wasting less and I really I I love it so please 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 keep calling me even if it's just to say uh you know you're doing great (laughs) um not me not me doing great you that you're improving (laughs) um okay so like I said, I've gotten a ton of, ton of phone calls and I'm super appreciate, uh, appreciative of them. Um, the thing is, is that, ladies, I will be traveling for most of the month of August. So I am going to be pre-recording a lot of my content over the next month to make sure that you guys get a recording every single week. And um, I want to try to answer all of your questions, but I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to answer all of your questions. So if three or four episodes go by and you don't hear the, the, me answering your question, please, please ask me again. Um, I, wa- <laughs> I want to tell you that um, you can call me uh, and leave me a voicemail. You can call, if you live in Israel, you're welcome to call my Israeli number. If you live in America and you want to talk to me, you can call my U.S. number. I'm happy to talk to you. I can't spend an hour on the phone with each of you, but if somebody has like a small question, I'm happy to spend 10 or 15 minutes talking to you if email is not um, the best way to reach me. So if you want to speak to me, please leave me your phone number on my voicemail and um, I will call you back when I have a chance. Please tell me just like, because whatever, it should be totally obvious from your phone numbers what time zone you're in, but I'm not sure that I'm going to know what I'm, what time zone I'm in every time because I'm doing a ton of traveling Baruch Hashem. So just be specific. Tell me what city you're calling from and, and, uh, where you're calling from and, and what you, uh, when is a good time to talk? And, and if I can, I'll return your phone calls. Um, so I have like so, so many great questions. Um, I, I want to just, I got some, not a ton of feedback from my interview last week with Naomi, so I hope that you all enjoyed it and that she was able to give you um, some more information about like that this is a real thing and that zero waste is totally happening and there are Rabbanim in Israel who are endorsing it. Um, please, please, please check out the Shomra. Um, and if you need more information about it, please don't hesitate to leave me a voicemail and I'll, I'll try to respond to you to get you more information. Um, so, uh, I learned a lot from being with Naomi last week. Um, I want to, uh, amend, um, some statements that I said, uh, but I, I want to answer a few questions that I got like from a few weeks ago before I do that. Um, Rivki from Borough Park called me and she said that her girls are in camp and that they come home with tons of tchotchkes and that um, it's really hard for her to manage um, everything that's coming through the door and so many things are coming through the door that like she really just 
oh, it's a lot for her. So, so here's the thing. Um, you know, and it's like dumb stuff like bubble gum or small plastic toys or, or it's like junk. Rifki, my advice to you is um, as, because those things, they clutter up your house so, so fast because they break and you don't throw them out because the kids are like, no, I want it, I want it, I want it. But they break in their clutter and they, oh, they're like a, a total drain <laughs> and they're a drag. And my advice to you is to speak to the camp director. Explain to the camp that like maybe they could make better choices with what they're actually buying and not buy so much garbage. So maybe it could be that they want, you know, maybe stickers might be a better choice, although those are not necessarily a better choice, but maybe a color, small coloring books or Mad Libs or I don't know, something that is like more easy to recycle. Um, she may look at you like you're nuts, um, but you can also teach your kids to refuse things. Like just because um, somebody offers them something for free doesn't mean that they should take it. And so kids can say no. It's hard for kids to say no, but it's actually a really good quality to teach your kids to say no to things. So um, it, it's not so bad. Um, it's going to take time. It takes time for ideas like this to penetrate and sink in and, and make an impact. So say it now, say it again, say it in six weeks, say it in a month. You're going to have to say it over and over and over again to your kids, to other adults, to everyone, but eventually it will sink in. It used to be that people would bring me like crazy, crazy hosting gifts because I host a ton of guests. And finally it sunk in that like at best they could bring a bottle of wine. At the worst, like, they bring housewares that never get used, and it's chaval, and I tell people, I'm like, honestly, I need nothing. Please bring me nothing. Your presence is presence enough. So, you know, I understand that the camp wants to reward the children with stuff, but there have to be better alternatives. So, and maybe make the rewards less plentiful, um, and they'll be more valuable to the kids. So maybe, you know, not everybody gets one. Sorry if that's not like the totally best solution for you, but uh, it's worth a try. Call me back if you have any more, you know, questions about that or if you want to talk about it some more. Okay, another caller called me and said, um, she was wondering if I have financial tips. Okay, so I'm not a financial consultant at all. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not any of those things. I'm just a personal organizer who cares about waste. So, I will tell you this. Um, this caller told me that she puts all of her important documents together and micro-categorizes her file folders, um, but she's still feeling like some of her finances are totally disorganized. Financial planning is a little bit of a different category than what I do. It's a lot of a different category than what I do. I don't have a banking background. I, I don't, it's, it's something that's totally out of my realm. However, there are two ladies who I've worked with in the past who are excellent financial planners. Um, they're both in Israel. Debbie Sasson, she deals a lot with American clients, and her phone number is 720-445-8489. Again, get your pencils out, ladies. 720-445-8489. And in Israel, Debbie's also in Israel. I don't actually have her Israeli number on me. If somebody's interested in it, um, I will try to get it for you. Um, and also Rivka Leibowitz. Now Rivka 
has a specialty in Aliyah planning. So if you are planning on moving to Israel, I suggest um, Rivka very, very highly. Her phone number is, pencils out ladies, 052-860-0113. Again, that's 052-860-0113. That's Rivka Leibowitz. Please, please, if you speak to either one of them, please mention my name. And not that you'll get better service, but just they'll have a context from where it's coming from. And, and it's, it's good. It, it's good to know where your phone calls are coming from. Okay, so if you need help with financial planning, again, Debbie Sasson, 720-445-8489. Or Rivka Leibowitz, 052-860-0113. That's the Israeli number. Desi, Debbie's um, number is a U.S. number. So um, a lady called me about setting up her kitchen cabinets. I want to talk about that a lot, but I'm going to talk about that in the next episode. So stay tuned for setting up your kitchen, okay? Um, another lady called and said, what do I do with newspapers? Where can we store them until we read them? They're just all over the place now. Well, here's the thing. I don't know. It's been a long, long time since I got the newspaper, <laughs> like many, many, many years. So um, I suggest designating a bin near the sofa, um, being very, very vigilant about getting rid of the old um, newspapers so that they're not creating like a large, um, a large, you know, stack, a, a dangerous building of, of uh, newspapers. Um, I know like my, my mother-in-law reads a lot of the section of the newspaper that is not uh, time sensitive and she stacks them like till she gets them. I know right now she's like a year behind. She stacks them on the side of the bed that's near my father-in-law's bed and one time my mother-in-law was really far behind and my father-in-law made her throw them all out because he was nervous they would fall on him at night and crush him in his, in his sleep. So. You don't want it to get out of control and get that bad. I mean, give yourself a time limit, a week, two weeks, to read everything. If you haven't read it by then, get rid of it and make room for the new ones that are coming in. Um, but yeah, a designated box or bin near the sofa is great. Um, personally, I would say I'm so much happier without reading the newspaper ever. But um, yeah, everybody needs to do what they need to do. So. Um, I want to go on. Um, I want to amend something that I, a statement that I made. Uh, so turn your speaker phones off, ladies, because this is sensitive. Um, a lady called me and asked me if diapers were bad, like sanitary napkins, pads, disposable diapers. And I did a little more research on this. Okay, so this is why it's sort of rings a trigger bell for me, but, but here goes. There are chemicals and no cotton in both diapers and sanitary pads. Um, studies have shown that they can lock in bacteria and increase yeast infections because they're totally synthetically made fibers. Now, manufacturers are not required to list ingredients uh, of diapers or sanitary pads and therefore we cannot really know to what extent they are okay or they're not okay. Um, for me, 
I actually think that like they sort of make you smell bad. Um, but as far as cups go, cups are made from silicone, not plastics. And silicone is a natural resource. It's actually compostable in certain situations. Um, a few women asked me if they could use cups after childbirth. Um, and I checked with my friend who's a gynecologist and my friend who's also a doula. And both of them said, um, as soon as the doctor gives you the six week clearance, you may, um, but until then you should use sanitary napkins. Now, if you don't want to use the reusable kind, there are all sorts of places you can get reusable ones. Etsy has tons of them. eBay has tons of them. Um, and you can, you can sew your own, um, reusable sanitary pads. Flannel is a really, really good choice for making them because it's a really absorbent, um, fabric and you just wash it and hang it to dry and you could dry it in the dryer too that will give it a little extra sterilization um, and there's also one other choice that you could do there's a, a panty called the thinks t-h-i-n-x panty it's called the period panty and um, all you have to do again is wash that and they make different styles for different uh, levels of your period so after childbirth, you are still stuck with, a, stuck with a sanitary napkin, whether or not you use a synthetic or a natural one is your choice. Um, I try to stay away from synthetics, clearly, but um, not just from like an environmental standpoint, but also from a health standpoint. It, it concerns me that manufacturers are not required to list the ingredients of diapers or pads or tampons. So... Um, yeah, uh, let's see. A few ladies called me to say that they're reducing waste. Um, they're having trouble reducing chad pami, uh, single-use disposables. Seder, that's okay. You start where you can. If it's not chad pami, then don't worry about the chad pami. If it's, um, paper towels, let it be paper towels. If it's, you know, just being conscientious of your waste, waste, that's okay. If it's using a reusable water bottle instead of plastic water bottles, that's okay. It, it doesn't matter what it is exactly that you're doing. As long as you're making steps to improve yourself, the waste that you're producing, and the environment. By doing those things, you will help yourself be more organized because you will be consuming less, which means that you'll be shopping less. It means that you will be um, responsible for less items because you'll know that you have a few items to be responsible for, and that's it. It's like when I leave my house in the morning, it's like my car keys, my sunglasses, uh, my house keys, which are on the same ring as my car keys, um, my wallet and my water bottle and I know and I leave the house oh, you have to in Israel You cannot leave your house without a water bottle even if you're just going for a quick drive I never go anywhere because you never know how long it's gonna take and you don't want to be without water It's you know very hot here all the time And even if it's as hot as it is in New York just the Sun is rel Relentless it never is cloudy Baruch Hashem. I mean I love that about Israel, but still it's never cloudy so like you need to drink a lot of water and like that's just something that I never leave the house with. So start with a, a reusable water bottle. I like I said I, I on the website Balagan Begone forward slash AK. I have a listing of of the resources that that I am personally using. My kids love their water bottles so much, and I have to tell you that my kids don't lose their water bottles. They just don't. They take good care of them. They love their water bottles, 
And I have to say that that is really such a, like, a refreshing thing for me. I mean, I have a acquaintance who um, I saw was always writing, like, I'm just going to buy, my, my son lost his coat again. It's like the fourth time. I'm not going to buy him fancy coats anymore. And the thing is, is like a, a lot of times our kids don't have a good relationship with their things. They think that we can just go out and buy them new things. And Baruch Hashem, most of us have the resources where we can go out and buy our kids new things. But that doesn't mean that we should. We need to teach our kids responsibility. And part of teaching them responsibility is being organized with your things. It's not like, okay, it's true. Sometimes if something breaks or we lose something, we as adults, we do that and that happens to us and we go out and buy new things. But in general, general, overall, we are responsible and we can do things that, you know, we can do. Like, so, so but the point is for us to teach our kids this executive function where they are organized and they are keeping track of their things. Now, it's not normal to expect a four-year-old necessarily to be, you know, in control of all of their things. But for an eight or a 10-year-old, they can certainly be in control of their things. Even a six-year-old who's going to the first grade can be responsible to bring home their lunchbox and their water bottle. My kids do it. We have had some broken water bottles. That's true. But we have never had really a lost water bottle. I think one time we had a lost water bottle. And that was an extenuating circumstance. So um, it's totally possible to teach our kids to have this um, feeling of responsibility towards our things. And that is an organizational executive function that they need to learn. And it's not really something that's taught in school. And it's important for us to make our kids be responsible for things so that they can improve this executive function. Um, a few ladies called me to say that because they are now reducing their waste, they're actually saving money. So in addition to reducing their waste, they're saving money. One uh, lady called me and said to me, I used to use shopping as a pastime, but now um, um, now." I'm so much more conscientious about what I buy and I'm saving so much money. So that's really amazing. Uh, don't, don't your shopping as like an emotional need. Use it as a desire to get what you actually need, not what you think you need. Um, Devorah called me and asked me about food wrappers from Cookies and Chips. Um, she, she wanted to know you know, what you can do with those, those types of waste. I personally have really reduced what I, what I purchase in the chips and the cookies department, um, which actually makes us like, I think a little bit healthier. We make as much as we can. Um, one thing that I do buy is I buy popcorn and we make it on the stove top in olive oil with a little bit of salt. It's super health, much more healthy. Um, we make like a huge batch of it a couple times a week. We leave it and we give the kids a bag of it to go to school. Um, we reuse the bags that we give it to them in and, um, it actually lasts so much longer than if we would have bought a large bag of popcorn that, um, is producing like a bag of popcorn kernels actually makes like 
10 bags of those popcorn bags that you buy already pop. And the truth is, is that it takes up less room to store, less room to bring home, and it produces less waste than if you would have bought the pre-popped popcorn. And um, it tastes better and it's healthier. So we look for alternatives um, like that. Um, we make cookies and we freeze them so the kids have them and we don't, we don't buy cookies anymore. Um, we, we do still buy pretzels. We've tried to reduce as much as we can on pretzels. Actually, in our municipality in Israel, we have the orange bins. For those of you listening in Israel, the orange bins do say that they take um, wrappers that like the pretzels come in or the chips come in. I'm skeptical of that, but it says that it's okay. So um, by all means, put them in the orange bins if you live in Israel. Um, in America, there's companies like TerraCycle that accept them for recycling. You just mail them, you save them up and mail them back. Um, sounds a little bit crazy. There are some drop-off points for certain things depending on what they are. Uh, but yeah, it's... In England, I don't really know that much about it. TerraCycle is also pretty popular in England, so you could probably look up TerraCycle on Google and, and find out a location to, to do those um, kinds of, of recycling. The lady went on to say that she has no place to buy from bulk bins. Um, I want to just take this opportunity to explain the difference between buying in bulk and buying from bulk. Buying in bulk is I'm going to Costco and I'm buying 300 rolls of toilet paper or 50 rolls of toilet paper. Uh, buying from bulk is I'm buying from a bin just what I need, weighing that amount and purchasing that. And there is a difference and it is not available in every place. And it is frustrating when it's not available because it actually, for me, um, it cuts down on my grocery bill a lot by doing it that way because I'm I changing what I want to make every week sometimes and then some weeks I don't want to make rice or I, I don't know it's like good sometimes I don't want to make lentils and then I don't have like things just sitting around in my house waiting to be eaten and then I look at them and I'm like oh, I don't want to eat that <laughs> so um, if you don't have bulk available that's okay um, look for the best packaging options so paper is better than plastic glass is better than paper if you have recycling available in those areas. Now, I always love to buy things in glass because I actually reuse glass jars um, in my storage. Um, now, somebody asked me, what is the point if something comes in a container to store it in another container? And is it like worthwhile to, to buy like a bunch of containers? So, for example, salt in Israel comes in a paper bag. Storing salt in a paper bag is really dumb because like if you put it on your counter and your counter is wet, your salt is ruined. So I do transfer my salt into a glass jar when I get it home. Instead of adding it to a, a plastic bag, I put it in a glass container. It's basically the same thing, but the glass container looks really nice on my shelf. Um, and then I recycle the paper package that it comes in. If it comes, some um, in America, a lot of the rice or, or dry um, like lentils or things like that come in plastic containers. If it comes in that and those sit nicely on your shelf and you have a few of them, by all means, use those things. But like, 
I buy coconut oil and I clean out the jars and I schlep them to the mikvah and I tov them and I pull the, the um, labels off and I, I want to keep them and my cabinets look nice because all the jars are the same and I, we use a ton of coconut oil because we don't use margarine. Um, and so it's much uh, better if everybody, if anybody's interested, I could tell you all the things I use coconut oil for. I use them for, I use tons of things. So if you're interested, leave me a voicemail and I'll talk about um, in one episode coconut oil. Um, but yeah, the point is, is that um, there are alternatives. If you can't buy from bulk, just purchase the best, smartest way you can. And yes, if things are coming in containers that are easily breakable or break when you open them, then don't put them in a plastic bag. Put them in a jar. Put them in a nice container. The thing is, is I'm generally opposed to purchasing containers. If you have glass containers that you can reuse, I think you should do that. But there is a certain nicety to the way your cabinet looks when everything's the same. Now, I will tell you that I store cereal in my old Tupperware containers. Um, it actually keeps the cereal fresher because my kids can actually close the Tupperware container versus um, trying to get the cereal wrapper-like cl closed and the box closed. The cereal is always like stale. Now, we don't eat so much cereal, but we still do eat cereal. It's a problem because of the packaging. Um, I tried buying the cereals in bulk. My kids just don't like it from bulk. My kids don't really like it. <coughs> Excuse me. So... Um, I do the best that I can. That's still something that we're trying to find a better solution for. But for now, we use cereal and I do store it in a bin. It looks nicer on the shelf. It's easy for the kids to grab. It's easy for them to close. It makes the cereal last longer. So also putting things in containers sometimes is a freshness issue. Whereas like if things go stale and nobody wants to eat them, then you just wasted $5 on a box of cereal. You know, like that's crazy. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um... I hope that that helps answer your question. If it doesn't, please, as always, leave me a voicemail and I'll address it as soon as I can. Um, a lady from Montreal called me to say that she organizes a small space every day and slowly but surely she's getting it together. Ladies, pace yourself. It totally helps. You don't have to organize your whole house at once. Do a small section, a little bit every day, one drawer, one shelf. It's okay. Whatever you can get done, you can get done. It's better than nothing, but make strides, make progress. Okay. Chaya from Brooklyn called me and said that she lives on a street which has a lot of shops on it, and the shops just dump the trash in front of her house, and it's so gross, and she really, she really doesn't like it. And uh, she's so much more aware of the trash now that we've been talking about it, and... Uh, and I, what I do recommend is that you go in and you have a discussion with the shop owners and see what they say and see if they'd be willing to be more careful about the um, trash. But if not, you can call the Department of Sanitation and tell them that there are people who are d improperly disposing of garbage and that should get them a ticket from the Department of Sanitation, if you want. I'm not saying this is the optimal thing to do. I'm saying that... It's possible to do that. There, everybody has an obligation to keep, you know, your city looking, you know, nice and clean and neat. And no person should infringe on somebody else's right to keep their property clean. So if they're infringing on your rights, definitely call the Department of Sanitation. I'm pretty sure that they'll stop doing it. 
she also wants to know, since she is not an early riser, but, her, but she needs to get her kids out to school, are there any tips to help her? This is such a great question. It's such a frequently asked question. And I have to tell you something. I am not an early riser. And Baruch Hashem, my husband, helps me a lot. Uh, that being said, we do a ton of stuff at night to prepare ourselves for the morning so that we have less rushing. Now, my children are early risers, and they're a little bit bigger, and they can do things by themselves. They now eat breakfast by themselves. They now um, clean their dishes by themselves. I mean, there are obviously some mornings when I'm going to have to wa- where I wash the dishes because somebody's running late, and that's fine. Or the dishes stay there till dinner time when we wash them in the evening. And that's fine too. Every morning is not going to be a success, unfortunately. That's just the way the world goes. But that doesn't mean that preparing yourself the night before. So packing lunches, putting your backpacks together, um, preparing your water bottles, putting your shoes next to your backpack, laying out your clothes even are, are not helpful things. Those are very helpful things. Making sure you get enough sleep is also really important. I know it's a big problem for a lot of ladies to go to sleep on time. It's a problem sometimes for me too. But try to get to bed by 11.30 and at least get yourself six and a half hours of sleep. Depends what time you have to get up. But like sleep is so important and I've really been trying to prioritize it myself. And I have to tell you, it makes me feel a lot better when I'm getting a good night's sleep. Um, So that the preparation the night before but also to just sort of like lower your expectations for the morning tell your kids like this is how it's going to be you guys are responsible for x and y i'm not going to do it but also making a set time to prepare the night before with them is also kidai because worthwhile because um it helps them again with that executive function and organizing Expecting somebody to be organized 30 seconds before they need to be somewhere is a recipe for disaster. Preparing the night before and teaching your kids how to prepare the night before helps increase their executive function and their organizational skills. So it's really, really worthwhile to go through this with them. Just put their backpacks and their shoes next to each other. Make sure all their books are in the, in the backpacks. And if you can, lay out their clothes with them for the next morning. I think just those few things will really help you. Try it for a few weeks and make a time. Say, okay, it's eight o'clock, girls. Right now, we're gonna go ahead and set up our backpacks and then we're gonna brush our teeth and then we're gonna get into bed or whatever time it works for you, but make it like a kavua time, a set time where this is happening every night. Make it part of your nightly routine and it will make your mornings more smooth. Even if you are the one who's putting their shoes next to their backpacks and putting all their things in the backpacks, it's still better. Now, I'm not a huge advocate for you doing it for them simply because it, then it's like they expect you to do things for them. But on a night where things got tricky, it's okay to do it for them. Just don't make it a regular habit. Okay, so I hope that answers your question, Chaya. If you have more questions, please let me know. Um, I got a bunch of requests for talking about moving. Um... I spoke about moving like two weeks ago, so I'm not, three weeks ago, so I'm not really sure what exactly the, the questions are regarding moving, except for I'll say this, and if there's a specific question regarding moving, please let me know and I'll, I'll answer it again, but when you're moving, it's really important to resist the urge to fill a box just to fill a box. Put like items together. Don't put kitchen things with living room things. Don't put dining room things 
with bedroom things. Don't put bathroom things with kitchen things. It gets confused and it makes unpacking really, really difficult. Clearly label each box. If a box comes from the living room, write that it came from the living room. If a box comes from the playroom, write that it came from the playroom. Write where the boxes came from. This is essential so you know where they go. Now, one thing I really love, and actually I was helping a client move this week, and the shipper came to see her house, and he saw what I had made for her, and he was actually really impressed, which felt nice for me because it was validating. But what I like to do is I like to make um, a color-coded key. So I use actually colored tape, which isn't so environmentally friendly, but it's really, really helpful. If you don't want to buy tape, then use a marker. That's fine too, a, big, a permanent marker like a Sharpie. A thick one, okay? And give each room a color or each person a color. So for example, the kitchen is red, the living room is blue, Yankee's room is green, Schiffer's room is purple, whatever, it doesn't matter. That's one way and you mark all the boxes accordingly with each person's individual color. Another thing you could do is in this particular case, this couple was going on Schlichut to England and they had different categories of things that needed to be taken so or needed to be sorted before we could even get to the packing. Um, and they're only allowed to take like eight or ten boxes so it's not going to be so essential to label each box although we will but the point is is that what we needed to do in the house was create sort of zones for what was being packed and what was staying and what was being let out. And there were all sorts of categories. So for example, um, there was which furniture is being sold. And then there's some of the furniture was being lent out because you know they were planning on coming back to Israel. And then there's the which is going on the lift. And then there's the category which is going with them on the airplane. And then there's the category of stuff which is which is going into storage. So there's five different categories of stuff. We marked each piece of thing with a tape and it, was re it really is helpful. Now, once we get a little bit more decluttered, we can start making zones. So for example, the guest bedroom will hold anything that's gonna go on the lift and the master bedroom will hold anything that will go um, in their suitcases and the, the kids' bedroom will hold anything that's going to go into storage, and the living room will be everything that they want to sell. And, and, and when you have zones, things don't get packed in the wrong place by mistake, and that's really helpful. So the key, I guess, is what I hope you take away from this is colors are important. Color coding what you have is important. Zones are really important, and keeping like items together are really important. The next step with, with this client after we get to um, after we get to the sorting process will be to clearly mark what's going in what bag. So we'll give each number bag. They're allowed to bring like five bags with them on the airplane. We'll give each number bag a, we'll give each bag a number, and then we'll itemize the contents in a notebook or on a spreadsheet or wherever. It doesn't matter. Um, and then we'll do the same thing with the boxes that the shipper is going to send, and then we'll do whatever else is going into storage. So, so everything should be marked, everything should be itemized, everything should be categorized. If you're moving like in the dead of night, like you know, running out of there, <laughs> okay, you might not have time to do that, but don't worry. As long as you sort of keep like items together and you're not packing like totally random things in random boxes, then you'll be fine. 
Um, a friend of mine um, moved from New York to Dallas, and it was really hard for her. Her husband had been ill, and she was having a lot of trouble. And the movers just packed random things in random boxes, and they packed a lot of garbage. And she was shocked and really overwhelmed. The other suggestion that I really think that is essential to moving is to declutter before you move. Get rid of as much stuff as you can because you're just going to pay to move it and then throw it away when you get there. That's really a chaval. And it happens a lot, unfortunately, and it's really awful and terrible. Um, okay, so I hope that that um, helps. Downsizing is important. Reducing, decluttering, um, all those things are really important. Bring only with you what is essential. Living with less is so much better, so much easier. You're probably not moving to a third world country. If you do need something again later, you can always go back to the store and get some. So, ladies, I really appreciate you listening to me today. Like I said, I apologize if I don't get to everybody's uh, questions. I really, I try to get to everybody's questions, um, and I spend a lot of time writing my scripts and, and, and trying to get through everything in an organized way and making sure I do answer everybody's questions. But because I am traveling, I, I, um, I'm not sure what I'll be able to get to. And I am going to be doing a few episodes in advance. So, so you might not hear exactly what you want right away. So please just keep that in mind. If you do have questions, you can always send me an email, Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at B-A-L-A-G-A-N-B-E-G-O-N-E.com, balagan.com. You can leave me a voicemail. If you want me to call you back, leave your phone number, your time zone, your city, and your name. Please leave me your name. <laughs> uh, that's important. Um, I love talking to you all. I love hearing from you all. So even if you just want to say, hi, I love listening to you, I love hearing that. Um, and uh, God willing, next week we will speak about organizing in the kitchen a little bit. And um, I have a whole thing planned now, but it's not in front of me right now. So you'll just have to be surprised. Um, but I know for sure we're talking about um, kitchen organization because I've gotten a lot of requests for kitchen organization. So tune in for that. Um, that would be episode 24. Um, I'm excited to speak to you. Um, I think I still have one day left if anybody wants to book with me uh, in New York. So um, I do. I, I have Tuesday the 15th of August if somebody would like to book with me. So um, I would love to meet you if you do. And if somebody wants to host me to give a talk, please, 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 please leave me a voicemail. I would love to give a live talk. Um, so please let me know. Uh, I wish you all a great week. Um, good luck with organization. I wish you organization. I wish you less waste. I wish you mostly peace. <laughs> I hope that being more organized and having less will bring you peace. Don't forget to repeat the mantra to yourself. Hashem keeps me organized because... This is true. Hashem does keep you organized. And please don't hesitate to drop me a line. I'm looking forward to speaking to you all again soon. This has been episode 23 of Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Be Gone.